You're listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Northwest, including our gathering time, visit us at nwcbc.org. Today's speaker will be Pastor Stephen Yi. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for coming together to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, what a blessing it is uh, to be together today. Uh, thank you for being here in person. That uh, sounds very loud and echoey up here. Uh, and I pray I'm not hurting your ears. Uh, but I'm thankful for those of you who, who are joining us online as well. Um, I do have a few announcements. And just to remind you all, if you look in your bulletin, not only is there an outline for you to follow along when we uh, study God's Word this morning, but also there's just this little pamphlet here or this flyer and, and an envelope to remind us of the opportunity that we have to give to the Arizona Southern Baptist uh, Missions Offering. And uh, just so that you know, one of the distinct of being a Southern Baptist church is that we cooperate uh, for the proclamation of the gospel. And uh, here specifically in Arizona, uh, there are so many different churches, Southern Baptist churches that work together uh, to make disciples, not only here in the state, but abroad. Uh, and as you can see, there's a list of those different ministries that this offering specifically goes to help support. And you guys all know our brother and sister Gary and Terry Iramata. Uh, they just recently drove as part of the disaster relief team to go to St. Louis to help those uh, who were suffering from flood damage and uh, needed help. And so, as well as, I just met another brother who was involved in, in student ministries um, through uh, the Southern Baptist Convention, through the Baptist Student Union, through Christian Challenge, which it's called now. And so... Uh, please consider how God would lead you to give uh, to the Arizona Missions Offering. Um, I do have an update for you. Uh, our dear brother Jim Ong, his memorial service will be October 1st, Saturday, October 1st. And, and the memorial service will be held here at Northwest Chinese Baptist Church on October 1st. There will be a viewing at 9 a.m., 9 o'clock in the morning on October 1st, Saturday, there will be a viewing, followed by a 10 a.m. memorial service. And after the service at 12.45 p.m., there will be a gravesite service at Greenwood, Greenwood Memorial. And uh, I will be announcing more details as they come, uh, and I'm reminding each of you uh, as we get closer to that date. Uh, but the memorial service for Jim Ong will be October 1st. Lastly, uh, as you all know, the date today. Today's date is September 11th. And as you all know, it was on this day 21 years ago that terrorists attacked our country. Many people lost their lives. And today, I just want us to remember I want us to remember the great tragedy that happened, and yet I want us to remember the urgent and dire need for people to come to Jesus Christ. And not only that, but our dire need for Jesus today, for wisdom, for guidance, for hope, for joy, and for peace. 
And so as we remember those who have lost their lives on this day 21 years ago, let us also remember that our God is sovereign and that he has a plan. And we are alive today by his grace. He has given us another day to come to faith in his son, Jesus Christ, and he's given us another day to join him on mission in making disciples of all nations, proclaiming the gospel so that all those who believe might be saved. And so I want to invite you right now, would you just pray with me? Heavenly Father God, we praise you. You are God Almighty. You created the heavens and the earth. God, you have given us life. And God, we know in your word, you teach us that you have created us for eternity. And yet we know that, that we are sinful. That because of sin, it has messed everything up. It's broken everything. It's broken our relationship with you. And yet, God, we thank you that our future is not set in hell. But because by your grace, God, because of your love, you sent your one and only son, Jesus, to die for us on the cross, to rise from the dead so that we might have forgiveness of sin when we place our faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. When we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and we follow him and we follow you, God. God, we remember the tragedies that have taken place in the history of this world and also in the history of our nation here, the United States. And yet, God, in the midst of the hurt and the pain and the, the loss, and even, God, as we struggle through different trials and tribulations and we suffer pain and loss today, God, we look to you because we know, God, that in you we can find hope, in you we find joy, in you we find everlasting peace. And we know that that hope, that joy, and that peace can be ours when we trust Jesus as Lord through a relationship with your one and only Son. And so, God, we pray for our nation. We pray for the United States. We pray for our leaders, the president. We pray for our government. We pray, God, for wisdom, for protection, God, for guidance. We pray for a turning to you, God, that hearts would turn to you. We pray for our nation, God, that the lost would be saved. We pray that the church would rise up and be faithful and obedient to your word, that we would not stop, that Northwest Chinese Baptist Church would not stop proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ until all people are saved, until we see you face to face. God, thank you for being so good to us. God, we ask for your help in this moment now that you would help us, that you would open our eyes, open our ears, God, to hear you, Open our hearts, God, that we would choose to listen to you and follow you. I thank you, God, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, you know we're continuing our study through the Gospel of Mark. And uh, I want to share with you a little bit about myself. Many of you know that, yes, I am married. My wife, my lovely wife is Debbie. We've been married for 16 years. We have four lovely children. And our youngest is named Lydia, who's five years old. Now, Lydia is learning so quickly and growing so fast. She just started another year of preschool. And uh, yes, she is growing. One of the ways that she's growing, she is growing in hearing our voices. And yet she still needs to grow in listening to what we have to say. 
But here's one example to show you how she's growing and learning. Uh, she has learned when we ask her to do something. Lydia, it's time to stop playing. It's time to clean up and start to get ready for bed. Just the other day, she said, okay, mom. Okay, dad. And then what did she do? She proceeded to play. She proceeded to run off. She said, Lydia, it's time to get ready for bed. It's time to clean up. Okay, dad. And then she runs off and starts playing again. <laughs> she's getting better at listening, but she's also learning. <laughs> she's also learning not so good things. She's learning to uh, appeal to us <laughs> and to say that she hears us. We heard what you said, but I'm not going to listen to you, Dad. I was reminded of that today because of our passage that we're going to study here. In Mark chapter 4, we're looking at this, this parable that Jesus is sharing and teaching uh, to the crowd and, to, and actually sharing with his disciples and the crowd. And we know, right? We know the situation. Jesus is, is carrying out his earthly ministry. He's going around teaching, proclaiming the good news, talking about the kingdom of God, calling people to repent and believe. And so the large crowds are following Jesus He's teaching them. And something that we need to focus on this morning as we study this section of Scripture is that we need to keep in mind that Jesus is sharing a parable. All right? And te he's teaching with a parable. And here's what a parable is. A parable is often defined as an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. But I want to share with you a little bit more detail about parables. All right, number one, parables, they provide insight into daily realities and the kingdom of God. Parables, they're used to stimulate thinking and contemplation for us to evaluate our, our lives, our attitudes, uh, what we believe. Parables, they use everyday objects, events, circumstances to illustrate spiritual truth. Fourth, parables reveal truth to the receptive, to those that are willing to listen. And yet parables also, what we'll talk about and we'll see, Jesus will talk about, parables also hide truth from those who are not receptive. And something interesting here about parables, parables make up 35% of Jesus' teaching in the Gospels. And parables in the Gospels ultimately draw attention to Jesus and lead us to make a choice, lead us to a response. So today we will study this parable of the sower. And so I want to invite you to open your Bible to, to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And uh, we're starting in verse number 1. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 1. And I want to read this whole section to you, Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20, and you follow along silently, okay? And you can just look up on the screen, and I didn't give you the whole excerpt there in, in your bulletin, uh, but you can follow along silently on the screen as I read Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it, and out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching, he said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. 
As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on the good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Would you pray with me again? Uh, God, thank you so much for your word. God, I pray that as we study uh, this parable shared by Jesus Christ, I pray, God, that you would not only help us to hear you, but God, help us to listen to you. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So the first truth that I want us to focus on this morning is this. In order for the gospel to take root and grow in people's hearts, it must first be planted. In order for the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news to grow and take root in people's hearts, it must first be planted. And so when you look at this passage, right, uh, we look at verses 1 through 9. I want you to look at verses 1 through 9. And we know Jesus, he goes out and he's teaching still. And there's a large crowd that is gathered. All right, and this, this parable, we know it as the parable of the sower. And, and what happens in this parable? A farmer plants seeds, ultimately for what goal? To produce a harvest, right? He wants to grow things. He wants uh, his, his farm to produce a harvest. And so he plants seeds. And, and when we look at this parable, we see here that, that the difference in growing resulted from what? It resulted from the type of soil that the seeds landed on. And we're going to look at these different types of soil, okay? I am, am, I am no farmer, okay? But we're going to look at what Jesus is talking about when he talks about the different types of soil that these seeds land on. 
And at the very beginning, right, in verse number three, we see Jesus says, listen. All right, and there's an exclamation point. All right, Jesus is saying, pay special attention to what I am saying right now. Pay careful attention. Remember, all right, remember what a parable is. Jesus is trying to give insight to the kingdom of God. Jesus is trying to give insight to those who are receptive, and yet this parable that he is sharing is, is going to make no sense to those who are unreceptive and those that reject Jesus Christ. But here's the truth. If we want to see people come to faith in Jesus Christ and be saved, then we as the church, as, as followers of Jesus, as the family of God, each one of us must plant seeds of the gospel. Each one of us must share the good news with those who are lost and need to be saved by Jesus Christ. I want to share this with you, Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15, and I don't have it up on the screen, but I want to share it to you, and you can write it down, the, the reference, Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Brothers and sisters, church, it is our responsibility, our God-given responsibility to go and share the good news of Jesus Christ so that people might be saved. We must sow the seeds of the gospel that others might hear it and respond to Jesus in faith. We share the gospel. And here's the cool thing about this responsibility. We share the good news of Jesus and we trust that God is the one that's going to change lives. God is the one that's going to deal with how people respond. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 through 9 says, the Apostle Paul says, What after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. Brothers and sisters, church, if we do not plant seeds, then nothing will grow, and there will be no harvest. But see, this is the beauty of God's plan for us and God's mission that he has so graciously invited us to be a part of. We have the seeds, and we, we just need to plant them. We need to share the gospel with the people that are around us that don't know Jesus as Lord. And we can trust that we, when we plant seeds of the gospel, God is going to make them grow and be fruitful. God is going to save people. Jesus is going to save people. And so just as God sends rain on the just and the unjust, Jesus sows his word on good and bad soil. 
Jesus is planting seeds of the gospel here as he's teaching the crowd. And it's so interesting to think about. You know, we just got done studying about Jesus, talking about family. And we saw that example of how Jesus' family came to bring him home because they thought he was crazy. They wanted him to stop doing whatever it is that he was doing and go home because he was causing a ruckus. But in that moment, in that section of scripture that we read uh, last week, we saw that while Jesus was teaching about the kingdom of God, where was his family? They were on the outside of the house while Jesus was on the inside of the house talking to those people that were receptive of what he was saying. And yet here also, as Jesus is teaching this parable, we have to consider Those that he is talking to are his inner circle, those that are receptive to what he's having to say. And yet we know that the Pharisees are on the outside, the religious leaders of the time are on the outside, those that reject him and are not receptive to what Jesus is teaching. You see, when we think about the words of Jesus Christ and what Jesus is saying, this is a summons, this is a call to obey the commands of God. And to those that that obey the word of God, their lives are going to bear fruit because we are going to listen, not only hear what Jesus is saying, but we are going to be doers of what he says. That's when you can experience a life of fruitfulness. That is when your life as a Christian is going to bear fruit, my brothers and sisters, is when we take God's word seriously and we hear it and we understand it, we learn it, but then we commit to doing it. To hear God's word is not enough. Because even the demons, even Satan knows about God. Satan knows about Jesus. The difference, though, is that Satan rejects Jesus and will not do what God says. And so I ask you, what about you? Have you settled for being a hearer of God's word? And not a doer. How many of us allow God's word to come in one ear and just go out the other ear? How many of us, we open up our Bibles on Sunday morning and look at the scriptures and we we learn from it. We eat from God's word on Sunday morning. But then right when we close our Bibles and we walk out those doors, our ears close, our hearts close. And we do nothing with God's word. You see, we have been called to make disciples. We have been called and commanded to go and teach people to obey all that Jesus has commanded. And we need to ask ourselves, have we submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ in our own lives? And secondly, are we obeying God's word? See, God has planned for you. God has a purpose for you. And are you living in that purpose? And if you want to know God's plan for you, if you want to know God's purpose, then you need to look to his word and make a choice. Will you live in obedience to what he has commanded and planned for you to do? And maybe you find yourself, you're thinking, you know what, Pastor Stephen, I I am guilty of just hearing God's word and not listening to God. And I want to confess to all of you, I am guilty of that myself. But now what? So what? What then should be our next step? What then should we do? 
Brothers and sisters, if we know that people are going to come to faith in Christ when we plant seeds of the gospel, then let us choose not to let fear and discomfort or our weaknesses be an excuse to disobey God. Let us not let fear, discomfort, or weakness give us an excuse or be used as an excuse to disobey God. And I encourage you, brothers and sisters, if today you want to live in obedience to God, just consider that one person that God would lay on your heart today to pray for, to love and care for, and to share the gospel with. Just one person. Start with one person. Pray for them. Love them. Care for them. And then commit to sharing the gospel with them today. This week, share with just one. Don't think about saving the whole world. I encourage you today, think about that one. Would you follow Jesus in obedience, in praying for, in caring for, and sharing with that one person? We all know how life is so short. You see, I'm so encouraged by the great things that God is doing in and through Northwest Chinese Baptist Church and in the churches here in the Northwest Valley specifically. Because if you didn't know, there are thousands of people moving here because of the new companies that are taking root here in the Northwest Valley. We all know about the Taiwanese semiconductor uh, factory that's being built and will be finished uh, soon here at the end of the year. And all of the people, the employees that are going to be coming here and moving to the valley, the hundreds, thousands, and all the other companies and so let me share with you something amazing that God has done. You know, as we have been praying, as we've been talking about how God would use us to reach out to the lost and the people that are moving here, we've made partnerships with other people, other brothers and sisters, and other churches. And one of those churches is in Anthem. Anthem, Valley Life Church, Anthem. And Pastor Brian Bowman and his church, hearing about the need that there are Taiwanese friends that are moving here to the valley they decided and asked the question, what are the needs of, of these people? How can we serve them? How can we love them? How can we care for them? How can we pray for them? And after getting together and talking about it and sharing with it together and partnering together, they realized that one of the needs and one of the interests, if anything, was to help them learn English. And so what did they do? They started an English class and they invited people to come and to learn English. And do you know what happened? There's a family, a Taiwanese family, that came to that class and was learning English, and yet they heard the gospel. And do you know what God did? He opened their hearts and he opened their ears to hear him and listen to him. They came to faith in Jesus Christ, and they chose to get baptized and join the church as members. And that's not a Chinese church out there. God is doing great things. God is doing great things in the hearts of his people. You see, and this is just one example of what God can do when we are willing and when we put our trust in him and when we actually follow him in obedience. God is doing great things through his people who faithfully plant seeds of the gospel. The second truth that I want to share with you as we look at this passage is this. What we hear from Jesus... What we hear from Jesus reveals our heart toward Jesus. 
What you hear from Jesus reveals your heart toward Jesus. Look at verses 10 and 12 again, 10 through 12. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Dear friends, brothers and sisters, when Jesus speaks, can you hear him? Can you hear Jesus? And actually, I'll share with you, I've never heard Jesus audibly. Okay, I've never heard the voice of God audibly. But I want you to know that God speaks to us every day. And one of the main ways, actually, the main way that God speaks to us is through his word. These are the very words of God given to you and to me. So yes, if you've opened your Bible, or if you've sat through one of these two-hour-long sermons, why are you laughing? That was not a joke. <laughs> uh, you've heard the word of God. But my question to you is, have you listened to it? Have you listened to the words of Jesus? Because what you hear from Jesus, it reveals what you believe about Jesus. What you do with the word of God, it does reveal about what we believe about God. And see, here we see Jesus in this moment, in this section of Scripture, he's not with the whole large crowd. Who is he with? He's with the disciples, and he's with the people who want to know more, who want to understand, who want to follow him. And they ask him, they ask, Jesus, why are you speaking in parables? And it's very important for us to look at his answer. Right? The disciples, they're wanting more of him and his teachings. And what does Jesus say? He's saying that they will be granted access and insight to the secrets of the kingdom of God. And when you see there that word secret, right? It's, he's talking about heavenly truth that is concealed from human understanding, but it is made known by God. And really the secret here, the mystery here is the gospel, is the good news of Jesus Christ, who he, is, who he is and what he's going to do and what he has done. Now looking back, in other translations we see and we think of this mystery. But I want you guys to know, dear church, this is not a mystery in the sense that it's uncomprehensible and that there's no way to understand it. But it is a secret in that not everyone understands and not everyone knows what Jesus is talking about. So we need to take note of this. We need to listen up. We need to pay careful attention to what Jesus is saying here. And so what does he do? Jesus quotes the Old Testament. Jesus quotes the prophet Isaiah. He quotes from, from Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 through 10, where it says, go and tell this people, or God, right? We know Isaiah is a prophet. He's a mouthpiece of God. Back in the historical times to the nation of Israel, right? God calling his people to repentance, to turn back to him and to follow him once again. And yet he sends the prophets, right? Isaiah, send the prophet Isaiah to speak to the people. And here's that section here, verse 9. Go and tell this people, be ever hearing but never understanding. 
Be ever seeing but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people callous. Make their ears dull and close their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. See, Jesus quotes this to show that the scriptures are being fulfilled in him. Jesus has come to seek and to save the lost. Jesus has come so that you can be with the Father once again. No longer separated from God by your sin, but now through faith in Jesus Christ, your sins can be forgiven and you can be with God for the rest of forever. Look at that last part of verse 10. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. And the point is this. The word of God, the good news of Jesus Christ, it's going to offend people. It's going to rub people the wrong way. It's not going to sit comfortably with those that are resistant and rebellious. And yet those that are receptive and open to hearing from God, it, they are going to enthusiastically want to know more. Well, understand this about God. God does not want to deny people salvation. Right? We all know that, that God desires that no one would die and go to hell, but that all people might be saved. But here's the thing about it. Those of us who have allowed our hearts to be hardened, those of us who continually reject Jesus, those of us who continually close our ears as we hear and refuse to listen, the words of God are like foolishness to us. Brothers and sisters, dear friends, now that you've heard the gospel, or daily as you, as you read and study the scriptures, as you hear the God's word today, I ask you to consider what type of listener are you? Are you resistant or are you receptive? There's only two kinds. And to only listen to part of God's word, that is to reject God's word. Are we receptive or are we resistant? You see, when you think about the religious leaders, uh, their resistance to God's word, it revealed their hearts that ultimately reject Jesus Christ. And so it is so vital that in light of this example, in light of God's word today, this parable and the experience of the disciples and the, the contrast of the religious leaders that we, each one of us, dear friend, dear brother and sister, we take a look at our own hearts in light of this truth and that we know beyond the shadow of it out, I pray that each one of us would be able to say today, I choose to follow you. I trust you as my Savior and my Lord, and I want to obey your commands. I don't want to just be a hearer. I want to be a doer of your word. God, I know I can't do this on my own. There's no way. But I thank you, God, that you give me your Holy Spirit that gives me everything I need to do everything that you have created and called me to do. Am I going to, are you going to reject Jesus or are you going to trust him and follow him as Lord? And if you choose today to trust Jesus, then I ask you, then will you commit to getting serious about his word? Will you commit to prioritizing 
His Word in your life, and not just the truths that are convenient, not just the truths that seem beneficial to the desires, our own desires and the desires of our families, but all of God's Word. I pray, church, that we would be a church northwest that chooses to live in obedience to the full counsel of God's word. And not just that part, not just that verse. Oh, that sounds good. Oh, I like the sound of that, so I'll obey you then, Jesus. But that we would be obedient to all of God's word. Why? Because he's worth it. Why? Because people see our good works, the things that we do in obedience to God, they will see our good works and they will do what? They will praise God. They will see how great God is because of your obedience and faithfulness to him. They will see Jesus in you. Living a life of faithful obedience to God, dear brother and sister, will lead people to worship. Dear friends, most of us, are, we've all heard God's word today. How many of us actually prioritize it and live it out to the best of our ability? And if we cannot say that we are living God's word out to the best of our ability, I didn't say perfectly, then I ask you, why? Why? This is so important. This is even a matter of salvation. James, right? James says, faith without works is dead. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. So if I am not intentionally living out God's word, then it may very well mean that I do not really trust Jesus as Lord. I want to share this with you, brother and sister. Friend, because this is the truth. How can I say, yes, I trust you, Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. Yet I don't care what you commanded me to do. I'm not going to do it. Some of us need to come to terms with this reality so that I'm not here to condemn you. I want you to know that, yes, acknowledge if, if we are disobedient to God and we're rejecting God's word because it, it's not comfortable for us or it might require some sacrifice or we're scared, whatever it may be. Acknowledge it so that we can now turn from our sin and turn back to God and we can choose today and confess Jesus as Lord today and choose to follow him all the way to heaven. And we can know today that we are forgiven, that we are saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone and not by works. It's not by works that you're saved. Only by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. But I encourage you, look at the opportunity that God has given you today to live on mission with him, to live the most amazing life with him. Brothers and sisters, the greatest life lived on this earth is a life lived on mission with God every day. 
If you thought it was amazing that just by a simple act of faithfulness and obedience and, and caring for somebody's needs, that you can minister to someone that doesn't speak the same language as you, that doesn't come from the same country as you, and that they, through you and through your love and through your obedience and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, that they could be saved for the rest of forever. If you think that's amazing, then I want you to know that's your life and my life in Jesus Christ too. We have that same opportunity every single day. The third truth is this. The gospel will only bear fruit in one type of soil. The gospel is only going to bear fruit in one type of soil. And, and when you look at verses 13 through 20, we see Jesus explaining the, the different types of soil. And I want to briefly go through those really quick. And so Jesus, he's describing how the sowing of the seeds, it reveals the nature of the soil. And really, the soil represents the heart of the people who are hearing God's word, who are hearing the gospel. And, and it depends, the heart is what makes the difference in whether a harvest of, or fruit is produced or not. And so Jesus, he, he, highlights, he highlights these different types uh, of hearts. And different types of soil. So the first one is this, hard soil. Hard soil equals unresponsive heart. And that, the path that Jesus is talking about represents a hard heart, a stubborn-minded individual who, are, who is resistant and unresponsive. And, and these types of unre, unresponsive hearts, they dismiss the Word of God without giving it careful consideration. And these are those of us who make it a habit of closing our Bibles and closing our ears after church and, and not having, wanting to have anything to do with God or His Word after we're, we're done in our Bible study, after we're done with our worship service. The second soil is the rocky soil. That's, that, that's the superficial heart. That's the, the worldly heart, the, the superficial heart, the shallow heart. The rocky soil is, is welcoming but has no substance to maintain the growth of the seed. These people, they hear the word and they receive it with joy. They endure for a little while and even show signs of maturity. But just as a plant that sprouts quickly grows well at first and it looks promising. However, these people, they only have a superficial, a shallow understanding of God and they don't grow deep roots in God's word. So that when the trials of life come, they quickly wither away. How many of you have ever felt like that? That every circumstance, every circumstance that comes your way that you find yourself in, the emotions of the circumstance, the difficulty or the trial that you go through just tosses you back and forth and you feel like you're just lost in every single thing that comes up in life. It may be that you've never firmly rooted yourself in God's Word. And so that, yeah, when a little wind blows in your life, you're going to be tossed here and tossed there because you don't have an anchor in Jesus Christ. The third type of soil is the thorny soil. The thorny soil is a worldly heart. The rocky soil is a superficial heart, the shallow heart. The thorny soil is a worldly heart. When the seeds begin to grow, a, a thorny weed grows beside it and chokes it out so that it cannot bear fruit. This heart is a worldly heart, the double-minded heart, the one whose allegiance is seemingly divided between the world and to God. But I want you to know 
that that is not possible. We can never be devoted to the world and devoted to God. You can only be devoted to one or the other. You can only serve one master. You know, few barriers to the gospel are more deceptive or deadly than worldliness and the love of money. I want to share with you 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. How can you tell if you are loving the world or loving God? Look at verse 7, or think about verse 17 again. Whoever does the will of God lives forever. Does your life show priority of living out God's word? Or does your life show that you live for the world? When you make plans for your life, when you make plans for your children, do we consult God's word? Is God's word in our hearts? Is God's word on our lips? Is God's word on our mind? Do, do we consult God's word? Or do we only consult it when it's comfortable and convenient with the things that we want? Lastly, we see the good soil. And the good soil is a receptive heart. The good soil is a heart that's been prepared by God's grace, cultivated and tilled by the Holy Spirit, so that when they hear, when we hear the word of God, what do we do? We don't reject it, we receive it. It's when the word of God can take deep root and neither Satan nor the world nor trial nor tribulation could separate us from God, can deter us from living out God's word. See, followers of Jesus not only hear God's word, but we listen to it and we do it. We obey it. And our lives will bear spiritual fruit when we obediently follow God's word. I want to end with this passage. John chapter 15, verses 5 through 8. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Brothers and sisters, eternity is at stake. Life is at stake. We have to choose. We need to know. Brothers and sisters, I pray that you know beyond the shadow of a doubt today that you have chosen to follow Jesus, that your faith is in Jesus Christ alone. And I pray that you would not simply hear the word of God daily, but that you would listen to Jesus and you would follow him. And so friends, would you do that today? There may be someone here who hasn't put their trust in Jesus as Lord, and I want you to know that you are dead in your sin. Your future for the rest of eternity is hell apart from Jesus Christ. But the good news is that Jesus came and he loves you and he died on the cross to, to forgive you of your sin and he rose from the dead proving that he's able to do that, that he is God. 
He is the Savior. He is the Messiah. And you can know today if you would confess and repent from your sin, acknowledge that you're a sinner, and turn back to God and say, Jesus, <clears throat> I need you to forgive me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe that you're God's son. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the dead. And I confess you as my Lord today. I want to follow you all the way to heaven. God, help me. Teach me. Thank you for giving me a new life. I want to follow you. And dear brother and sister, I pray that today as we, in light of God's word, that we also would repent from our sin of disobedience and that we would choose to walk out from this place in obedience and in faithfulness, that we would proclaim the gospel so that more people may be saved, so that we, can live, we would live out God's word, so that people would see our good works and give glory to God. Would you respond to God today? We're going to sing this song, and if you made or have a decision or a next step that God is leading you to take, I want to invite you to come and share it with me so that I can pray with you, so that I can encourage you in whatever it is that God is leading you to do. Would you come? Would you rise as we sing this song? Please stand. We're going to sing this song. This is a time for you to respond to God. And if you want to, join me up here so that I, share with me so that I can pray with you today. If you're encouraged by today's message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcast. To listen to the other sermons and watch our live gatherings, visit us online at nwcbc.org. We look forward to see the difference God will make in your life. Thank you so much for listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast.